This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. Welcome to Resource Centre. This is Audrey Raj. Now, over these last few weeks, maybe even in the coming month, many organisations will be focusing their efforts on ensuring their approved yearly business plans and strategies are cascaded so that the process of performance planning for departments and individuals can begin. And this process is so important, especially to drive a high-impact organisation and achievement culture in your workplace. So to talk to us about how to contextualize this process and map out the cornerstones and best practices that drive an effective performance management framework, I have online with me today, Claudia Cadena, founder and principal consultant at Threat Advisory. Good morning, Claudia. How are you? Good morning, Audrey. I'm fine. Thank you very much. So, Claudia, before we get started, can you just remind us again uh, why organizations need to do this? You know, the process, the whole process of uh, performance planning. What happens uh, if we don't uh, undertake this, this process? Well, Audrey, every organization is always looking at how best to improve impact and improve results. And if we don't take this process on an ongoing basis, we are basically missing an opportunity to help everybody within the organization understand what's expected of them and how to actually perform their roles in alignment to what the organization requires and expects of all of us overall. So that's Mm -hmm. why this process is so important and critical for every organization. Okay, so let's start with uh, like, the essentials. What would you say are the main cornerstones that drive the performance management framework? Yeah, so it's always important to put it in context, right? And um, mm. there is um, a framework that organizations basically use to make sure that whatever they are driving provides impact and it's a supporting mm. an achievement culture. So I will say that there are four cornerstones that are critical. Firstly, we need to ensure that there is common understanding so that everybody knows and has an aligned and consistent view of where the organization is heading and what are their strategies and plans for the year. Once that's Mm. achieved, it's also important that we set clear expectations for everyone so that they are aware of what's expected of them in their roles and what they should be achieving in order to ensure that their performance and impact are adequate. Now, in order Mm. to achieve whatever is expected of everybody, the organizations also need to provide capability development to employees so that they are equipped with whatever knowledge, skills, and capabilities that they require so that they are effective and efficient in their roles uh, and so that they can achieve what's expected. And Mm. lastly, organizations should deploy the relevant consequences uh, so that employees are either recognized and rewarded for achieving what they have um, been expected to do or supported so that they can improve their performance if they were not able to achieve what was expected. So if we apply this in a disciplined and consistent manner, then organizations Mm -hmm. obviously will be much more successful in institutionalizing a culture of high performance and impact. 
Right. So um, uh, let's focus on the, the first two cornerstones then, because they, they can actually be achieved through the process of performance planning, right? Which is, which yeah. is what will take place in the coming weeks uh, throughout many organizations uh, here in Malaysia and abroad, of course. So what should, what should we do to put uh, in practice these first two cornerstones, you know, um, the setting of clear expectations, but before that, ensuring common understanding? Yeah, well, what's very important is to understand that these cornerstones are generally achieved through communication. So let's mm. talk a little bit about some of these efforts that leaders and, and head of departments can undertake to communicate. So the first step is obviously having the top leaders in the organization, like the CEO and the management teams, organizing sessions with all the employees so that they are provided with the overview of the approved business strategies and plans for the year and what are the expected outcomes. Now, what's important is to ensure that this information is given in ways that are relatable and understandable to people so that they are not intimidating or confusing for others. Because what we ultimately want is to make sure that people don't feel demotivated or intimidated by, the, mm. by what needs to be achieved. So clarity of communication and simplicity of communication is critical at this stage. Now, so how would you advise um, organizations to go about this? Like, should they have a one-on-one? -on -one? Should they have a town hall? Um, how should they be communicating uh, the year's goals and, and, and plans moving forward to everyone uh, in the organization? Yeah, that's, that's very important. There are a variety of ways of doing this. I think, firstly, town halls are very good in order to bring everybody together to have a common understanding. But the, the downfall of a town hall is that because people from different levels in the organization, different areas from the, from, the, from the group are coming together, it's very difficult to create a communication tool that um, appeals to everybody and that helps everybody understand what's required. So I will mm. say the town hall should be a very high level um, process of telling people where are we heading as an organization. But subsequently to that, individual or team-based uh, meetings should be organized so that the briefings are much more specific and much more relatable to the operational requirements of every department. So in this way, you will be able to bring a little bit lower this high-level information that was shared in the town hall. So let's start with the big picture and then let's move on to much more detailed and specific information through more team-based gatherings that mm. to provide much more detailed information. So what do we do then once this has been communicated? Okay, so we assume that during the town halls and during the department meetings that clear expectation has been set. So what we now, sorry, the, the, the common understanding has been set. What we mm. need to know and do now is move down to setting clear expectations. And that's when head of departments and team leaders should be calling their individual employees on a one-on-one -on -one session. And that's where they will be individually discussing the requirements of their role in terms of targets and outcomes. So that I, as an employee, am very clear as to what's expected of me, what should I do this year, and what outcomes should I deliver. And these outcomes can be in terms of quality or quantity or mm. 
time, timeliness or the outcomes itself. Hmm. Now, is there any way, uh, Claudia, uh, and we might be off topic here a bit, but is there any way to kind of limit um, things being lost in translation as they are communicated uh, downwards towards individuals in organizations? Because, you know, as you can see, especially if you work in a saturated organization, as it comes down from, say, your management down to supervisors and down to the teams and individuals, obviously some things can get lost in translation. Is there any way uh, to kind of limit uh, the friction towards uh, communication coming down that, that funnel? Yeah, excellent question. I think um, that's one thing that every organization basically struggles with. And that's why this process is not a one-way street. I think um, mm. what's important is that we have to have top-down communication and bottom-up communication so that mm. there is always a validation process going through the whole time to make sure that whatever we're saying top-down can actually be achieved at the bottom up uh, through the bottom up approach. So the communication has to be both ways. Once you are able to institutionalize this process of top down and bottom up approach, the likelihood of having things lost in translation clearly reduces because we're always mm. validating understanding at the operational level, which is where things actually happen. Right. Uh, it's time for us to take a quick break now for some messages, more, but more from Claudia Cadena from Thread Advisory. When we come back, stay tuned to Resource Center BFM 89.9. Beautiful, festive moments. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You are listening to Resource Center. This is Audrey Raj. I have online with me today Claudia Cadena, founder and principal consultant at Thread Advisory. And we are talking about the process of performance planning for departments and individuals across organizations. Uh, now, Claudia, before the break, we were just about to get into how uh, we are. We were talking about how best to go about communicating uh, the performance planning for for the year ahead, uh, setting clear expectations. But how exactly do we actually get to it? You know, um, are, are there like clear methods on how to get into action? Yeah. Um, the most common methodologies used for the process of performance planning at organizational level are the balance scorecard, is the balance scorecard approach. The balance scorecard is a management tool that was introduced in the 90s. So it's been around for a while. And generally, the tagline uh, that it sort of introduces is that whatever gets measured gets done. And it's based on the premise that you can't simply focus on the financial results because a lot of organizations put so much emphasis on the financials that they actually ignore the other elements that are critical to ensure organizations are actually able to achieve those financial results. Hmm. So let me share maybe with you what are those four components um, that the balance scorecard advocates. And I will define those components in, in sort of like an order so that you see how everything fits together and is aligned. We okay. always start with people. We need to make sure that um, through the measures we define or focus on the organizational culture, the employee value proposition, 
the knowledge and skills that are required for people to be able to do their job effectively. So that's very critical because it's helping our people understand and do their job effectively. Hmm. Next, we need to look at process. We need to understand how things are done and how we can probably uh, do efforts on around continuous improvement of some of the repetitive processes or how do we manage customer touch points and experience so that we enhance their satisfaction or how do we introduce innovation so that we can address business and people needs mm-hmm. and this always looking at how do we create better outputs and impact is generated through the work we do mm-hmm. Once we have the process sort of sorted, we then need to look at our stakeholders, our customers, so that we focus on managing those interactions with either our internal or external stakeholders, because they are the recipients of the services and products that we provide. And they are the ones that are going to be either satisfied and engaged or dissatisfied and unengaged with the services and products. Mm. And ultimately, then we will be able to focus on the financials, which is either profitability or managing of cost, because these are aspects that generally and naturally will come if we focus on the other three elements. If we just focus on bringing the numbers, we may be actually missing on the elements that will support our ability to bring those numbers into Mm. the organization. Right. Now, Claudia, uh, based on your experience, uh, which one of these four primary areas do organizations have the most trouble with? Um, I will say uh, that the one that is generally most complex to manage is the people. Um, Mm. Sadly, um, we somehow tend to sort of assume that that's a given. So a lot of organizations put the first emphasis on financials. Um, Mm. They obviously want to try and make sure that they deal with their stakeholders because they are the customers that bring the money. And Mm. eventually they say, okay, we need process improvement or whatever to manage process. But seldom do I see organizations saying, okay, let's focus first on our people. Let's make sure that we have the right people, the best people, um, the most qualified people so that we can get things done. It's improving, Mm -hmm. I must say. Uh, It has changed over the years, but I still feel that many organizations fail to realize how important it is to start focusing on people first. Hmm. Exactly. And are there other challenges, you know, when deploying uh, the balanced scorecard uh, method? Yeah, I mean, there are are a few challenges that organizations have to deal with. Um, First of all, alignment of the components, right? As I was saying, we we don't focus only on one. We need to try and understand how do we balance the four components and how do we make sure that each component is relevant for the roles that people perform. Mm. Um, The second challenge may be always around the targets. So, yes, we know and understand the components, but... Depending on the role, we also have to determine what are the right targets and weightages for each component. Mm. What do you mean by by the weightages? Yeah. Uh, So, for example, if I am measuring a CEO or I am measuring the performance of the CFO or a head of sales, we Mm. need to figure out which of the four components have more 
relevance to these roles. So we, we will say yes at the top of the house. Maybe the financial component and the customer component are much more important to be weighted in, mm. in opposition to maybe process. But when right. you look at a head of operations, maybe the most important dimension may be people and process. So we need to do this type of converse, have this type of conversations and ascertain which of the dimensions are most important for each role so that we can then get them to focus on those. But never forgetting mm. that what's important is achieving alignment between all the roles. So when we look at the entire organization in totality, we can actually see how every single aspect of the balance scorecard is interlinked, interdependent, and so that I as an, as an employee understand, oh, from this balance scorecard, this is how I contribute. And this is how I contribute to ultimately achieve the desired business results. That's mm. clarity. That gives people clarity. Right. So are there other methods uh, that we can go up about uh, in the process of performance planning, Claudia? Yeah. So if, if you think about it, um, how do we actually deploy a balance scorecard? The balance scorecard is just helping us understand that, that there are dimensions. But now we need to figure out what do we do with each dimension. And that's where key performance indicators come into play. KPIs. Exactly, the KPIs. Um, yeah, I think more people understand KPI as the terminology rather than the key mm. performance indicators. Yes, yes. Yeah. So the KPI basically are just um, the specific objective or targets that need to be achieved by every employee. So if the organization is using the balance score methodology, then the KPI are basically those targets um, that need mm. to be set around the four dimensions. When it comes to designing KPIs uh, for your teams, uh, is it always the smart model that works, that, that, that well, is the go-to? Yeah, the smart model is, is, is a very, very simple and easy to understand way of determining whether your KPIs are actually suitable. And mm. if you allow me, I can probably define what a smart KPI looks like. Yes, please. Yes, please. Go ahead. Okay. So the S in smart means making sure that the KPI that you're putting is specific. They must be defined in very clear terms um, and in terms of outcomes. We want to make sure that every individual understand exactly what he or she is expected to deliver. Is it value of sales or is it number of new or repeat customers or is it the time that it takes to do a particular approval or redu reduction of costs or whatever it may be? But it has to mm. be specific. I need to know in no in unequivocal terms, what is it that I am supposed to deliver? Hmm. Now, once I am able to understand what I need to deliver, the M in SMART means I need to be able to measure that output. I need to be able to demonstrate that I did it. So is it a hmm. number? Is it a date? Is it a percentage? Is it a ratio? There must be a way of demonstrating that whatever I was supposed to do has been achieved by that measurement. Because, because what gets measured gets done, right? Exactly. Like you mentioned, sir, like you said exactly. earlier. Yeah. If you can't measure it, how can you demonstrate that you did it? Or how can you mm. demonstrate that you didn't do it? So that perhaps is the 
most critical element and the one that a lot of organizations and people struggle with, figuring out mm. how to measure. Right. But it's possible and it may be difficult, but it's always possible. Now, the third um, letter of SMART is the A of achievable. We always have heard in the, in, in the management conversations that, oh, let's get stretch targets. Let's make sure that we are not complacent, that we sort of reach keep for pushing. the sky. Yeah. Yes, keep pushing uh, and keep, keep getting better. Now, there are limits to that because if we go beyond what's achievable, we may have the opposite uh, result, which is if people see that this goal is unachievable, they will lose interest. They will lose motivation. They will be actually demotivated because they, they for a fact, know that they will not be able to achieve it. So, mm. yes, it's always good to make targets challenging, but they must be achievable because right. otherwise, what's the point? We always want to make sure that we push the envelope, but on reasonable terms. Hmm. And that's when realistic comes into play. So, yes, we can make it stretched. We can make sure that we reach for the skies because we need to dream big. But at the end of the day, it also has to be realistic. And realistic also means, is it within my control? Is it within hmm. the ability of a team or a group of people to get it done? And we know that not everything is within our control. There are certain things that are not within our control, but we need to manage them. So I'm not advocating, oh, you can only put KPIs that are 100% within your sphere of influence. Many, mm -hmm. many things will be outside your sphere of influence, but you must have a degree of control so that you know that by using your right stakeholder management skills or collaborating with other teams, you will be able to get it done. And lastly, right. obviously, there must be a time frame. You cannot simply say, well, I'll achieve this, uh, but I don't know when. <laughs> there must always be a time limitation or a time frame so that people know at what time, by what month, by what decade they need to deliver results. And that's important because some goals may not be achieved in one financial year. So mm. if you know that a goal is longer than one year, what you need to do is break that goal in chunks so that you can measure that you are progressing according to schedule within a longer time frame than a year. Mm. Now, Claudia, you know, when it comes to uh, performance planning in most organizations that I personally have worked for, it, it always came down to our KPIs and they've always yeah. been smart KPIs but not very holistic if you ask me because no, some KPIs just can't be measured or, or they can't be demonstrated Do you know yes. what I mean so is yes. this just me or are there challenges to overcome when it comes to um, designing these smart KPIs yeah um, there are many many challenges um, around designing KPIs uh, many organizations are new to this methodology and therefore it, it takes time to get used to and, and to do it properly. The bigger challenges that I will say is how do we define um, qualitative KPIs? Quantitative KPIs mm. are easy, but qualitative mm. KPIs are difficult to measure. And that's where conversations around what quality means and how quality can be measured is important 
If we say that we want quality in the service of our products, sorry, in the ser- in our services or in the quality or, or, or our products, what do we define by quality? How can we measure that this is a high quality product? So there is no quick fix to this. It's all around talking about it and defining quality in organizational terms that are relevant to each industry. Now, mm. another situation is that some roles are fairly repetitive along the years, and therefore setting KPIs is an easy process. You set KPIs one year, and most of the KPIs will be repetitive year after year. But there mm. are other roles that require changing KPIs every single year, and therefore the conversation is much more complex and it needs to be done on a constant basis so that the relevant KPIs are put in place. Mm. The measurement infrastructure is another challenge. As I said, um, many people don't know how to measure and therefore putting in place the right measurement infrastructure is essential to successfully deploying KPIs. And lastly is something that has happened in the last two years and it is when do we actually change KPIs? Are KPIs Mm. cast on stone or can we change KPIs along the year? And that's, again, another conversation that is very critical because if we see that the circumstances change along the year and we keep adamant saying, no, 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 we need to achieve this KPI, again, it becomes unrealistic because the circumstances have changed and therefore we need to be flexible enough to change the KPIs when it's required. Yeah, and and this has been exactly what we've had to, um, or most organizations have had to go through over the last two years with COVID, right? Yes, correct. And for most of it, I think COVID has been a great lesson around flexibility Mm. (laughs) of setting KPIs and reviewing KPIs and changing them accordingly to make sure that we are realistic in our expectations, Right. Uh, Well, thank you for that, Claudia. Uh, It's already time for us to wrap up. But before uh, I let you go, maybe you can um, share some advice um, for all our listeners as organizations, uh, employers and employees. uh, We all embark on our performance planning process in the coming weeks. Yeah, I will say, Audrey, that the most important advice that I can give to people is that they should take their time to cascade and communicate to employees the business direction and strategies. Uh, many organizations are sometimes apprehensive of sharing the strategy because they feel, oh, my competitors may find out what my strategy is. But the mm. reality is that the strategy is the high level. What's important is the execution plans. So let's make sure that we share the strategy with our people so that they understand where we are heading. Let's make sure that there is focus on identifying the department priorities um, so that we are clear how each department support the organization results. Let's make sure that we understand how are we interdependent within each other, not just what is my department required to do, but how other departments depend on me for their achievement of KPIs. And Mm -hmm. when we understand what other departments do, we also understand what they need from us. So it's deploying a collaborative process so that we all together achieve what's expected. Um, Once that's clear, and once we do the top-down and bottom-up approach to validate, then it's the right time to set department and individual KPIs. Let's not rush the process of just setting KPIs by the end of January because that's what the timeline sets. Mm. But it's more important to understand first so that we set the right KPIs. 
I will say something. Technology is great for this, but technology is an enabler. So let's not mm. use the technology to drive the process. And lastly, I will say this is a journey. So if you don't get it right the first time, don't worry. Let's make sure that on a progressive manner, things improve and eventually you'll get it right. Right. Thank you so much for that, Claudia, uh, for taking the time to speak with us and also for uh, a reminder of what needs to uh, be in place as we embark on our performance planning process for uh, 2022. Thank you again. No problem, Audrey. Thank you so much for having me. I've been speaking with Claudia Cadena, founder and principal consultant at Thread Advisory. If you missed out on any part of this show, you can go look for the podcast on our website. That's bfm.my. You can also find all our podcasts on the BFM app that's available on the Apple App Store and on Google Play. More on Resource Center, same time next week. But till then, this is Audrey Raj for Enterprise BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.